Welcome to Health System CIO's podcast interview with Christopher Newarth, VP of Experience and Digital Innovation at Children's Wisconsin. I'm Kate Gamble, Managing Editor and Director of Social Media. In this segment, Newarth talks about how his team is working with other pediatric organizations to share best practices and accelerate innovation. The enormous role that patient and family advisors play in shaping digital strategy and de-risking investments and what his previous experience on the vendor side taught him about having more productive conversations. What I'd like to do first is to try to just get a high-level overview of the organization. So if you could just talk a bit about Children's Wisconsin, what you have in terms of hospitals, things like that. Yeah, so so Children's Wisconsin is located in the Milwaukee, uh, Wisconsin area, and then also through uh, northeastern Wisconsin, so what's called the Fox Valley um, in Green Bay and Appleton area up in, in northeast Wisconsin. We have two hospitals, quite a big presence, though, in ambulatory specialty and our primary care footprint with over 25 primary care offices strong investment in, in community uh, services, as well as mental behavioral health offerings. So really trying to be that, that comprehensive hub for all things pediatric healthcare in the state of Wisconsin. Okay, perfect. So your role, your VP of Experience and in Digital Innovation. So um, really wanted to get into that and kind of, you know, how, how that's structured within your organization, like the digital health and experience team and kind of what are your goals? Yeah. So I've been at Children's Wisconsin now for five years. And when I joined, it was really all about um, advancing kind of our digital priorities. So that's how the role was created. Uh, It was a digital health team. And we were charged primarily with digital innovation and getting things like telemedicine, online scheduling, just a lot of different consumerism projects off the ground. When, When we started that, a lot of those, it was built with the intent that we would look at some of these innovative offerings, we would be the team to help pilot them, get them to scale, and then basically hand the keys back to operational areas or kind of our core IT area. What we've learned in that time is that many of these things, they get to scale, but they still need a lot of support. There's there's large platforms, whether it's you know how you communicate with patients, how you deliver patient education, just with the you know, pandemic, uh, we say everything, all the infrastructure around telemedicine. So the role of the team has, has shifted a bit. And we're still a digital innovation team, but there are areas where I would say that we do a lot of digital operations, I'll call it as well. Yeah. Yeah, that, that certainly makes sense as far as not really handing this off anymore, just because it is it's so immersive. There's so much on a day-to-day basis and just working with everybody around the health system on, on what they're doing that it, it takes kind of dedicated focus on those. I think also just the acknowledgement that thinking about our families as consumers and always kind of having the experience in mind takes a, a specialized skill set. It's not just technical systems. It's also understanding how we really meet the needs of our families. Yeah. And so you said about five years ago. So at that point, digital health was starting to become more pervasive, but then obviously things got shifted quite a bit. So can you talk a bit about the role of digital health in pediatric care and just how much that has evolved? Yeah, it's it's been dramatic. You know, when we started the program five years ago, we we were really looking at very early pilot projects, uh, targeted use cases around 
telehealth, as an example, we started up an, an online urgent care in 2018, 2019, it was when we launched it. And thank goodness we did, um, because that gave us a lot of the telehealth infrastructure we needed when the, when the pandemic hit. And there's really been um, an explosion of new investment uh, into that space from a pediatric digital health. We work with a, a national collaborative called KidsX, where we're working to pilot and incubate kind of uh, pediatric startups. Um, that was one of our frustrations early on, is that there just wasn't enough focus in digital health on pediatrics. A lot was the venture money was focused more on things like, you know, aging at home. And so pediatrics was sometimes an afterthought. And I think that's shifted a bit. Um, and we've seen a lot of really good innovators in that space now. Yeah. And then that's something I definitely do want to get into more. But first, can you talk about some of the initiatives that you guys have going on now? Like what, what some of your biggest areas of focus are? Yeah, we've got a, a couple of really big initiatives. One thing that we launched last year was we decided to make our own branded Children's Wisconsin app uh, as kind of a hub for everything for our families. So we we uh, were able to consolidate down the number of one-off apps, you know, the one to find your way around the hospital versus the one to symptom check versus the one to telehealth. We said, we really need one front door for our families. We, we invest a lot of time and energy in bringing that together along with our medical record and our access or through our patient portal directly through that. The other that, you know, just kind of continuing on the theme of, you know, more platforms type of approach, um, we said we really needed something to orchestrate all of these technologies behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. We, you know, we needed to know if they use this digital health app or this piece of education or whatever it might be, did that actually lead to the right outcomes? And could we prescribe them and measure them in a unified way and really just help our care teams? It's hard to introduce these. Um, it's a lot of effort for providers and nurses and and so having one platform, that was a, we use a technology called uh, Zelf that helps us coordinate all that together. So but between those couple projects and then a remote patient monitoring platform launch, we've got a lot that I will classify as a platforms approach to, to digital health. Yeah. And the first thing that you mentioned about, you know, really having that one front door for families, can you talk a bit more about what went into being able to put this together? Yeah, we actually, that process started probably a year or so prior to us even launching that, where we really said that we started with the premise that we don't want to build an app. Let's try to find ways of, you know, making this the kind of what's the easiest way to solve the need. And we spent many uh, hours with families co-designing solutions. And what we, we came to the end of that determining was that there really was that need to have a consolidated view for everything, you know, especially in pediatrics of just you know, how do I find the right site of care at the right time for my child? How do I have the right piece of information? And so then we said, we, we really need to kind of bring this together along with our patient portal and spend the time to do this right so that it's a more consistent way to access Children's Wisconsin. And is, you guys are, I'm um, sorry, the organization, you're Epic users, right? We are, yep. Okay. So the version of my chart that you have can you talk about what you have done on that front to try to that really work for your uh, your customers? 
Yeah, we that has been a big focus of our team is actually boosting the adoption of our MyChart usage, but not just the, you know, whether you have an account or not, but are you using it to schedule your appointment? Are you using it to check in ahead of time? So I will say behind the scenes over the last five years, we've had a lot of initiatives to say, you know, how do we make this process easier and more efficient for both our staff and our families? And today we we've got over two-thirds of our families regularly using my chart it's it's almost in the 70 or 80 percentile like on how many have my chart account and then i think it's we're at one of the top percentiles on both online scheduling and e-check-in rates as well for epic customers and a lot of that is just kind of rolling up the sleeves doing a lot of elbow at time you know with with staff and looking at all of the features to to enable that so there's a lot of change management that, that went into boosting our my chart adoption Yeah. And you had already mentioned that you guys work pretty closely with user groups or focus groups, really trying to understand, you know, what families are looking for and how are you able to do that? What's your approach to that? Yeah. So this is probably something I should have mentioned at the outset. We have a pretty unique organizational structure now that actually both the digital innovation and the experience functions kind of are are part of the same group now. So we have regular family advisory committees that we've had for for some time, but then we also have what we call our e-advisory groups where we have hundreds of families that have raised their hand to say, we'd be willing to give feedback on things as you're developing them or as you're considering them. And that's a great rapid cycle for us just to say, you know, hey, we're, we're looking at this, even terminology things, we'll, you know, kind of put out there to say, you know, we're using this term internally. Does that make any sense to you? Mm-hmm. And it's really allowed us to be a bit more nimble and agile in our development. I also, I think that having access to that consumer voice helps de-risk technology investments uh, because it, it may point you in the direction of something that might be simpler or or just avoid a cumbersome project altogether. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. And that is a unique structure that you have in place, but it really makes so much sense because I think for, for a long time, we've seen patient experience or customer experience kind of sit outside and it doesn't really <laughs> make a lot of sense. Yeah, it's, um, I think you know, there are certain aspects, obviously, that not all of patient experience is digital. And so there's components of both, right, where you're, you're looking at, you know, what is that human experience of, you know, how you empathize, how you connect with families. But I think it's a recognition that people have a lot of different touch points outside of what happens in, inside your doors. And continuing that feeling and that experience in all of the touch points is is really important moving forward so that we don't feel robotic or kind of cold. We really want to extend that experience promise to, to every interaction we have. Right. I mean, you mentioned at the outset uh, that that there's a whole lot more besides uh, inpatient care, you know, especially with these different conditions and, and specialists. So it seems that, that that's really increasingly important to be able to tie that together. Yeah, it, it is. And, and also like being able to tell that story, right, about how these things all connect, right? It, you know, there's, it's not just one moment in healthcare that, you know, especially as you manage complex conditions or just navigating care, there's so much that goes into it. And uh, we want to make sure that we, we can offer technologies that maybe help fill in the gaps of how do you prepare for a surgery or what kind of questions might you have after you've 
been discharged from the hospital, things like that, that, that really make a big difference in, in your overall care journey. Yeah. And you mentioned before, looking into whether apps lead to the right outcomes and kind of measuring that. Can you talk a little bit more about what you're doing in that space? Yeah, you know, obviously every time we look at like a new technology, whether it's you know specific, maybe it's a diabetes care app or asthma, it will have the KPIs on that program. But if you're not bringing that back in and like tying it into the medical record and having a consistent way of looking at those things, it takes a lot of time and energy to do that. There's also some blind spots there of we print off materials today, right? And sometimes you go home, anybody who's been to doctor's appointment, you end up with quite a lot of things sitting on the end of that after visit summary, all this paper to view. We actually don't know what, what happens after that, how often it's actually read, what, you know, and so just the opportunity to now deliver that same material by a text message and see, did you view it? Did you not? How much of the video did you look at? And then tying that into health engagement and outcomes long-term, it just gives us a huge opportunity. And that's kind of where we see all this heading is, is something where we can say, well, this piece of material, this app was more effective than the other. And just as we would judge anything else in the healthcare space, that's how we would judge these, these digital care tools. Yeah. And when it comes to offerings like wayfinding, to me, it seems like that's something that started out really more for, you know, this is how you find <laughs> this certain place, but it seems like that's really become more of a bigger, you know, focus on concierge services. And does that sound right to you? Yeah, I think just how you sort through the world of health beyond physical wayfinding, like you mentioned, right, of like, you know, what finding the location or the service, I think that undersells the challenge, right? People, they don't know what they're looking for, oftentimes, right? They're in a moment of stress and anxiety, uh, in our case around, you know, what's happening with their child. And sometimes they need a, a bit uh, more guidance in that process. And so uh, just an example I'll give around that is in our mental health space, where we maybe had a handful of different departments and services that all had some hand in that, you know, whether it's psychiatry or child development, but more often than not, the family doesn't know where they need to head. So we added a, a group that actually helps when you call in, they help navigate you to the right type of care so that there's no wasted time. You're not ending up waiting two months for an appointment in one area. It turns out it was the wrong spot that a little bit more work up front can get you to the right place and get you the care quicker. Yeah. Yeah. That's so important. And, and, and as you said, I mean, it's always stressful, but when you're dealing with, with a child, it, it compounds the stress. So there's more of a need to really make it as user-friendly as possible. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think that it's an acknowledgement also that there's multiple customers there, right? Certainly what you're doing from a medical perspective and treating that child first, but also like helping the parent make decisions. And we found from our research, uh, parents are, uh, most important thing is that they get the right care for their child, but also they're they're almost judging themselves about, did I overreact? Did I underreact in, in these scenarios? We called in our research the parent bag of tricks, right? Giving them the right tools to say, all right, I know what to do in this scenario. I know to head to the urgent care, talk to my pediatrician. That can be as important. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned Kids X before, and it, this is really interesting to me because I, I think that we've seen for a few years that children's hospitals, pediatric organizations 
really do tend to be pretty collaborative, but this kind of takes it to a different level and really, you know, looking at different technologies and sharing best practices. So can you talk a bit about what that collaboration has been for you guys? Yeah, now we've been a part of KidsX since it started, and I think it was an acknowledgement amongst all of us and from the leadership of Children's LA to say, we're better together if we can evaluate a number of these and, and kind of in a structured way. We have a limited time in our day-to-day to say, you know, you know, what are amongst all the new startups, what problems are they trying to solve? Where do they need help? Because I think it's an acknowledgement that to break into the healthcare space, a lot of times you need an early collaborator. You need a health system raise their hand and say, yes, I will run a pilot project with you, or I, I will collaborate on, on, on research around this, or maybe just giving validation to the business model and saying, you know, you're, you're thinking about it in, in a way that maybe we, if we make a couple slight tweaks, uh, we can really strengthen the idea. Because I think we all believe that we need that type of innovation in healthcare. And so if we can if we can collaborate together, hopefully we can get a number of these off the ground and scaled and, and making a difference for kids. Yeah. And are there different kind of avenues for, for how leaders from the hospitals connect to discuss these ideas? There is. We tend to see ourselves as almost, you know, my team as the group that, that sort of brings it to all of the various leaders. So we'll we'll look at these these companies and say, hey, I think this solves a potential problem you've talked about in in your area. Maybe it's a quality, um, maybe it's a certain condition, and uh, um, social determinants of health, right? And we'll we'll try to make those connections back, and then be the one to help incubate those and pilot those because. Even if they've identified the problem to sort of carve out, you know, all right, I'm going to take the next two months to help pilot this technology. It's just not realistic for a lot of those, you know, operational leaders that have a full schedule. So I think offering that supplemental help through an innovation group can really boost the efforts. As far as your philosophy, when it comes to working with startups or similar types of companies, how would you characterize it? I'm sure that there's a lot of factors to consider, but you know, would you say that you're more willing to work with startups that really might not have a, a lot of traction yet? Or how do you approach that? You have to look at each of these in a one by one and what problem they're trying to solve. And, you know, obviously if there's a way that we can solve it through a platform approach that, you know, maybe we already have licensed technologies, that's gonna be our first look at things. What I think that we see from a lot of these startups is that maybe they've come from the clinical space or they're really invested in a certain area. And if we believe they've got a better way of looking at things, then we want to spend a little more time working with those companies and just being really transparent to understand like, hey, let's come up with a model that works for both of us and we can help prove this out. And then hopefully we can get this technology to scale together. I think probably... There's also a lot of guidance we have to provide on just what does it take, right? From an information security perspective, there's a lot of effort there. That's a burden on these startups, I would would say as well. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. And I I imagine that in your role, there's a good amount of interaction with cybersecurity uh, with so much of what you do. Oh yeah. Amongst anything about the amount of time spent with a startup and getting it introduced to a health system, info security and cybersecurity like this, probably the number one thing we look at is we just can't, can't ever risk any sort of privacy or data breach concerns at all. Yeah, of course. 
And just in general, I would imagine that you've worked to create a strong relationship with cybersecurity. Definitely. It's one of the teams I work with most often and have a strong relationship with because you know we need them to be doing what they do so that we, we don't get into trouble um, and, and lose any trust with our families as well. So it's a balance to make sure that we're always doing that work and, and also allowing ourselves to still pursue these technologies and, and try to find ways to innovate on behalf of our families. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of your career, you've been you've been with the organization about five years. And so prior to that, you had not been on necessarily on the health system side, but have a relevant experience. That's, yeah, very true. I, I have a non-traditional kind of introduction to healthcare where I actually started my career as a software developer and then led um, user experience teams and then uh, really eventually got into more of the health insurance space um, in you know, product strategy and product management work. And, you know, similar sort of things where we're looking at innovating around problems. Um, we had some technologies that we're, we were trying to introduce to health systems. And what I discovered through my previous work experience was that the, the number one point of trust is with providers. And that's where digital technologies and digital health tools needed to be introduced. They, they weren't as effective being introduced from your health insurance company because you just don't have that brand affinity and trust with a health insurance company in the way that yeah. you do your provider. And given the opportunity in my career to go work directly kind of in, in the care world was too exciting to pass up. So I have uh, definitely transitioned over the last five years and I really, really love working uh, in the healthcare space. Yeah, but having that non-traditional background, I would think that that can also be beneficial and having, you know, a bit more of a variety in your background. It's very helpful. I think the... Um, Probably the number one thing is having sat at both sides of the table, uh, mm -hmm. having been a vendor explaining things and trying to sell into health systems and health insurance companies, and also now being on the other side, right? You can have more productive conversations and you can understand the technologies and the platform approaches. And uh, that's been really helpful. But I think probably more than anything, just bringing the user experience, the consumer experience lens to healthcare has been really, really helpful for me um, to kind of think about problems in a different way. Yeah. And I think you mentioned a little bit how, you know, the timing was was helpful for you. Getting some time with the organization under your belt before everything hit with COVID, because I'm sure that, that that was helpful, just given how much everything was turned on its access. access. Oh, gosh. Yeah, <laughs> I am so thankful that we started when we did, <laughs> because... If we had to stand up these programs in March of 2020, I think it, you know we would have been dizzy from all the change, and we were anyways, right? There was just so much that had to kind of have that rapid movement and change. But I think we had some of the infrastructure in place, and and at least the thinking, right, about here's how we're going to do these things, and it, it just moved faster, <laughs> and that that's okay. Now, and then in the last couple of years, I would say it's offered us an opportunity to kind of assess that, right? Sort of pause and, and say, all right, is everything kind of continuing? Now, as an example, our telehealth volumes are, are still very high, right? So that's, some of these things are just continuing, but it's offering us a chance to more mature programs and, you know, measure experience and outcomes rather than just trying to grow these things. Like they're not, they're obviously no longer pilot programs. 
Yeah. So it certainly seems like um, this was a, this was a good landing spot for you being able to do work with, with digital transformation, but also, you know, more importantly, the pediatric population. Oh yeah. It's so rewarding. I love what I do because there's so many ways you can apply your technology brain to problems, but there's nothing more rewarding than, you know, improving the the health of, of kids. So I, I love what I do and it's, it's a constantly evolving world. It's, it's, a, it's a good challenge. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it. All right. Well, that's about what I had for now. So, uh, Thanks again for your time. Really appreciate it. And and really appreciate getting your perspective from the pediatric side, but then also what, what you're doing with uh, digital health and experience. So thank you so much for taking some time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.